All right, getting ready to go live on Facebook. We'll take just a second. Not quite live yet. Hello, college football fans again, and welcome back to a little more of a somber edition of the College Football Pick'em with Wes and John. <laughs> of course, I'm Wes Pruitt. Uh, John Sturdivant's over there laid back, and we have a very special guest today. One, well, go ahead, John. You can uh, introduce, introduce him. It's a good close friend of mine who I've known over the years by covering high school football together to – just basically him covering a little bit of Memphis football now and Terry Davis with a tri-state defender. Terry, thank you for your time, and I uh, hope you're having a safe trip back. Oh, it's, it's, it's all good, my brother. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry, where do we start, man? We lost the game 49-10. to uh, Offense line didn't show up today, it seemed. Uh, five rushing yards for the game. Pretty much, I'm questioning some of the play calls that we did today, which I'll get in a little bit detail later on. But uh, this is just not a good outcome for the Tigers today, huh? Yeah, it's the worst loss since we lost to Missouri when we went up there and just got our butts banked up there. But to this loss was a little bit more somber because if Memphis had got a couple, you know, extended drives in the first half – Maybe it could have took some of that win out of Cincinnati cell, but they got that win and then they, they went downhill like a boulder going downhill, man. They couldn't be stopped then because Memphis is not that many points worse than Cincinnati. Cincinnati just got on the road and Memphis just couldn't get anything going. But you're right. The offensive line and Cincinnati defense line, that's the story of the game. <laughs> that's the story yeah. of the game. It, it it really is, Terry. And I'm, just so the fans know, you were there at the game today live, so you saw it live in action. Um, yep. You know, uh, one thing, you know, John and I talked about this off air, but um, I, I didn't really understand, you know, third and, third and short and we're in shotgun throwing the ball. I, I don't – why? I, I don't – I mean, I have multiple questions with the uh, – I I really want to talk to Kevin Johns, to be honest with you, because I want to understand why he was calling the plays that he was at the crucial times that he was in the game. At the same time, we're not, you know, we're down. You know, it's not like it's a tie game. We're up by three. We're down by three, something like that. We're getting – that lead is steadily building, and he's still just – I don't understand his play calling. I mean, did you feel the same way? Or or were there other Tiger fans there that you heard that felt the same way? See, I felt the same way, too, because, for you know, for some reason, Clark game wasn't on today. I, and I think, you know, every time Watkins touched the ball, he gets three yards because he has better vision than, than Clark. You know, he going to get you five yards. So I think some of the problems could have been personnel decisions. And I think if they had run Clark – I mean, uh, Watkins more on third down than they wouldn't have to go for had that many fourth downs. So I, I, I question some of the personnel they had in there. 
as well as some of the play calls as well. I mean, and, and I mean, especially at the running back position, that's one position that, I mean, I pretty well know for a fact we're, we're pretty loaded at running backs if you look at our roster. Right. Um, I mean – Hey, put Dorseyus. Hey, real quick, put Dorseyus at fullback for crying out loud, like we we have in the past. Put Do Dorsey something to get fullback. some yards, yeah. Yeah, because they ran that play once with uh, Clark on fourth down with Clark and Dorseyus in there, and they did not get it that time when they. But they went wildcat then instead That's, of having Brady yeah. in there. Right. So I would I would prefer to have Brady in there with that because with Brady in there, they they don't know if it's actually going to be a run or not. Exactly. And that exactly. And that gives you more. That gives you more options. And even Brady could even on a bootleg if he go that way. I think he could even do it. But like you said, some of the play calls and setup. You know, I did question that in in the moment. But you know, it, it still goes back to the offensive line. But they, you know, those little play calls on third down that didn't extend drives just made that defense more tired at the end of the game. And uh, also, Terry, we took me and Terry, or me and West talked about this at the halftime, Terry. But uh, you know, I'm surprised we didn't go for the three points on that fourth down on our opening drive of the game, or opening drive of the second half. Either way, you should get points regardless on that possession because it's a one, it's still a one score game. Looking at it in a two point conversion to tie it up. So if you cut it the eight points, you're still in reach. I think the momentum, a lot of the momentum went to the Cincinnati Bearcats right after that, too, because it takes the gas out of you after, you know, you're marching down the field and your defense is basically already back on the field just like that, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I actually uh, coached Silverfield that after the game, and he said you should be able to get one yard, you know, on fourth down. So he had confidence in his team, and his team had confidence that they would get one yard. I agree with you. I would have went for the three points, and they would have made it an eight-point eight, an eight point game. And then that would have gave your team some momentum coming out of halftime, scoring on your first drive. Because this is the first time Memphis hadn't scored in the second half in forever. And Memphis had been dominating their opponents in the third quarter. And we go bagel egg third and fourth. Yeah. Which is yeah. I, I mean, that's what I don't understand. I mean, you, you Silverfield saying that he trusts that he can get a yard – but you throw the ball. Turn around and give it to one of, I don't know, Watkins, Granberry. Where is Granberry? This kid is, I know, a stud for a fact. Where is he at? Is there great issues going on with him? Or what's going on there? Because I am really uh, do not understand why this kid's not involved in our offense in some way at all. None. I'm going to have to ask some coach offline because, you know, he has not played a snap this year. You know, right. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's grades or something else, but I don't know. But I've I've been worrying about that too because he is a really really good receiver. Yeah. I mean, I'm running back. So and he's powerful too. So and they give you Jets that much depth. You know, depth at that yeah. position. So it's crazy. It's a reason they just ain't telling us. I mean, so you get him to finally come back home. I mean. I coached him at the youth level at, at Bartlett Youth Sports. Uh, so okay. I kind of feel good that I got to mold him to the player he is. But okay. um, you get him to come back home, but you don't put him on the field. I mean, you've got him this year and next year. Well, I guess with COVID going on, I guess theoretically you could have him for two more years or Correct. three this year and two more. I, I mean, I, what do you 
you are you holding him back like kind of like a game well type player that you know you've got a stud? Let's just hold off, let other guys kind of move on, do their thing, and then we've still got him because he's not guaranteed to stay the way the college game is set up now. Yeah, in my honest opinion, I think because the guy is talented. I think the reason he's not playing, I think truly there's an injury because Silverfield will not tell you when is somebody's injured unless we see them get injured, you know. So oh, he may okay. be injured and we just don't know about it and he's recovering, but we just don't know because Silverfield won't tell you because he's never played him. Right. And so we have to, he yeah. Right. Because he has to tell you about T.J. Carter because he's a starter, <laughs> you know, and he don't want right. to tell you about him, but he has to tell you about him because he's a starter. And then somehow with Granberry, maybe he's hurt and we just don't know about it. You know, like I said, I'm going to ask some people inside and i get some information and let you know. Awesome. Off the record. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, and also practice is limited to the media as well, so you can't really, you know. No, no, no. It's not limited. Yeah. It's non-existent. Yeah, that's what I'm we saying. You can't go. <laughs> right. It's not limited. It's non-existent. Because usually we could go over there and, you know, they didn't like us talking about it, but at least we could see them when they're working out on the side or having the injury issues going on. We could see it with our eyes. So they really couldn't lie to us or hold stuff back, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, I have a question about our defense. I'm kind of, you know, surprised we did not put a lot more pressure on their quarterback today as well. I mean, I see more defense – I mean – McIntyre, of course, you know, is a new defense coordinator at Memphis, you know. Is, are we surprised that he's actually not coaching on the sideline? He's coaching from the press box? Because I see more coaches these days are coaching from the sideline. Like the Cincinnati defense coordinator, for example, he's on the sideline. Why isn't McIntyre on the sideline beyond me as well, you know? Man, he could coach from the middle of the field and it won't make a difference because I don't think they have the, the, the depth and personnel when they change people up because they're not as big and physical as Cincinnati is. You, they probably won't – the only other team they will play this physical for the rest of the year is going to be Navy. You know, and I think this defense will actually get better as the year go on. And I don't think this team, the next five games, I don't think they're going to lose another game. You know, that's how good I think this team is because this offense, this worst game they played this year because of Cincinnati's defense, one, we won't face an offense like we have, like UCF and uh, SMU, and we'll ne we won't find a play another defense like we did today in Cincinnati. So I think the defense going to improve and those numbers going to go up because right now they're currently ranked one-on-one -on -one out of all defenses. I think they might finish in the 70s, and that, the offense going to definitely finish in the top top 20. If you go back and look, uh, I, you know, Devin Ritter was 21 to 26 for 271 yards today for Cincinnati, three touchdowns, one interception. It's a quarterback rating of 94. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you look at the wide receivers, you had Ford had nine catches for 116 yards. Uh, but if you look at this running, I mean, three carries, 61 yards, two carries, 50 yards, five carries, 43 yards. I mean, Four, three, one, 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 one. I mean, it's just this Cincinnati team is just more powerful than, than Memphis was. Exactly. I, I mean, I think that's exactly. what it boils down to. I, I mean, yeah. and I hate saying that as a diehard fan, but I mean, excuse my language, we got our ass kicked today. We just we got taken out back and we got our ass kicked. And it is what exactly. it is. 
like I like John and I were saying off the air, hey, it was gonna happen eventually. I mean, and like I told John, as a diehard Memphis fan, I, I feel like I can say this. I feel like we got a little bit spoiled. Um other Memphis fans like myself, I expected to win this game today. I expect yeah. to win every game. If we don't, we don't. But I was not expecting us to just get taken out back in Spain. Uh, I mean, right. I feel like there needs to be some accountability somewhere this week on the coaching staff because oh, he he, t- he took accountability. That's the first thing he said. We, I take this on me. We got to do a good job of coaching. You know, Ryan. If you go back and look at the, the, his interview from the after the presser, he yeah. took accountability. We've got to coach them better. We got to do a better job coaching. We did not do a good job. That came out of his mouth. That was yeah. the first thing that came out of his mouth. So yeah. he he's got accountability. So yeah. now it's on the players to get better. And you know, because that's one thing about uh, Silverfield, he'll tell you when he's right, and he's gonna tell you when he's wrong. And yeah. he said today, I did a terrible job of coaching. We got our ass kicked today. He said that. We Good. just got flat out I love up out of here. Right, and then he said that. Which most coaches won't say. No, that's fine. Right. Yeah. They'll give you coach speech and say, we just need to get better, blah, blah, blah. But he took responsibility. He put it on his coach. He said he got some good coaches. He just got to get the players to play better, and they got to do a job, good job, better job of coaching them up during the week. Um, give, me, uh, give me just in your interactions with the team, what do you feel about, about Mike McIntyre and this defense and – I know you alluded earlier in the show to you thought they were going to get beat, continuously get better throughout the season. But uh, give me give me a little bit of insight on Mike McIntyre and and his system, just so Memphis fans that are watching the show know what this system is and what all it entails. Mike has a very aggressive system. the The problem with the defensive unit, they're not as big as up front as most college offensive lines. And they don't have the depth on the defensive side like they do on the offensive side. So when they bring in guys in to, to, to substitute for guys who's uh, soft, you know, or getting tired, there's a big drop-off on the, in that position. So his job is trying to be very aggressive, you know, because they do a good job against the run. They just had a couple runs that broke away and, and made it look worse. If they, yeah. In the first half, if they had contained uh, Riddle on, 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 the, on that quarter out, it, it, that's, that, that would have been two touchdowns that he didn't wouldn't have not have had, and and that made a big difference because that was on like third and fourth down, and he yeah. just did that quarterback sneak wide open. So they just got to get more power on the outside to stop that outside for the containment to push it back in. Because Memphis is strong up front, you know, with with Dorsius and Mr. Goodson out there, they're good up front in the middle, but sometimes they have the little slack part on the outside. That's why they don't blitz as much as they do. And then when TJ get back, it would actually bring the TJ Carter gets back. It would actually make that defensive backfield a whole lot better because they won't have to play as many snaps. Right, right. And uh, you know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Goodson. I I think he's a heck of a football player. Uh, mm-hmm. is a stud. I mean, I like our defensive line, but we are undersized. But I, I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. I actually like a undersized defensive lineman. Me personally, mm-hmm. but. When you go up against a team like a Cincinnati, they're just dogs. I mean, that's all there is to it. They're just corn-fed hoss dogs. They're just, they're just, they're just rutting up the ground. I mean, really, that's. I think that's exactly what their mentality is. 
exactly. You're right. And sometimes, you know, you know, Memphis is a grit and grind team, and they play hard. And sometimes they outperform the talent level that they have as a unit. But, you know, but sometimes you run against a team that grinds just as hard as you, and they are more talented than you. And that team was eventually beat you out. And I think that's what happened today. Let me ask you this, Terry. And, John, I know you agree with me on this, too. Uh, we're down 35-10. Why is, why, is, why is Brady White still in the game? Why, why, why are we not looking at Conrad Dare and just, just seeing what the young man can do? I mean, I'd like to see Conrad Dare throw a few passes. I'd like to see uh, – I, I know we got a kid from Zachary, Louisiana. I mean, in that situation, why not take that time to, to get some younger players going? Yeah, because he felt at that time, at 35 to 10, that if they could get a score, then they can get back in the game and get some momentum. Eventually, he did put, put Connor in there for the last couple of series. But, you know, but that, that they just pretty much ran the ball then. You know, I, I agree with you. You know, you need to give your Connor some time in there. And he'll get some time against uh, – they play Stephen F. Austin in a couple of weeks. But that's like one game a year. And, yeah. and also, I want to see how the other guy from LSU do, too, because I heard this guy's a stud, too. And once he learned the playbook, you know, the guy the LSU transfer, but yeah, we won't yeah, know until yeah, we yeah, see yeah. him. You know, because so, like, because technically Brady can come back next year. You know, you know, for the for selfish reason, we want him to come back, but we also need to get this transition in the order too for to another quarterback. So I'm like split on how I feel about Brady coming back if he comes back. Here's my thing on that. Sorry, John. I know you were just getting ready to say something. I, I promise I didn't mean to cut <laughs> I, I mean, literally, like, he does it I all do, the time. You do it all the time. I know I, I know I do. I've known the guy forever. I just knew he was getting ready to say something, but I had to get in there. Here's, here's, my, here's my whole take on Brady White. I like him as a quarterback. I think we're not in the Cotton Bowl without him last year as our quarterback. Correct. Um, but I think – when, when, when you're in this situation and he's not having a good game and he's not having a great game, yes, I know we're the comeback kids. I call them cardiac kids. But still, I mean, bring somebody else in. Let, sit, let's set him on the bench and show him, hey, when you're not having a good game, we're not just going to leave you out there and just let you get ate up by the Sharks. I mean, because that's, that's honestly what I felt like today watching Brady White at quarterback is – He's in an ocean. He's got blood around him and sharks all around him. <laughs> Take him out. I mean, crap. And you know what? And you know what's so bad about it? He threw for over three hundred yards. And Calvin exactly. Austin, you know, the Calvin, and it wasn't garbage yard. They was actually doing stuff. They just weren't able. They get in the end zone. They moved the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't get in the end zone, which is crazy. Yeah, because they had three three hundred some yards in off four hundred some three hundred some yards in total offense. They just couldn't get. In. They got an end zone one time, and they, if they had gotten the end zone earlier, I think they would have put Cincinnati defense on the heels, and they would have really opened up on them. But they could never just get them off the off their off their off, off, off toes off their toes. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, to me personally, it's always been you gotta get off the field on third and long, no matter yeah. what on defense, and that's you know today. Cincinnati capitalized on third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, or whatever it is, you know. And this just got to get off the field on those type of plays. But like you said, with the quarterback – or uh, hang on a second. So, right now with the secondary, though, I know Owens is pretty – is he playing at safety or is he playing like toward linebacker a little bit or a little bit of corner or pretty much all three right now? They playing all three. They doing whatever they need to do to be, be competitive. 
you know, because, you know, when they played, the, the, they played, they had to play UCF and a man, which is not their strength. They need to play a zone against them. So, you know, they do whatever the offense dictates for them to do. So he don't mind switching those guys up from different positions, depending on what their the offensive set is. So a lot of the, all those guys on the backfield, they switch from position to position to position. Wow. So I, I didn't realize that, to be honest, because it's hard to tell on TV and on person uh-huh. and the person, especially now with the six feet and Lurdy ball, Terry, you know, it's me sitting on like row 60, for example, last week, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's hard to tell, you know, looking at it on film and watching it in person right now, too. But, exactly, uh, exactly. You know, let's just talk about next week a little bit. We got South Florida um, right. playing at Memphis next week at 11 a.m., another 11 a.m. kick on ESPN good old ESPN+. Plus, Plus. Yep. But uh, what can we talk – I mean, what do you know about USA that could be basically a challenge for our Tigers? I know they, uh, you know they have new coach. I know they're not they're 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 not very good. I mean, I, I don't think they are anyway. That's just me. But uh, they got a new coach as well. Do they not? Correct. They do. Yeah, I think so, they, it came from the Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they're not as bad as their record indicate, and they can score on you if you if if you go in there and think you're gonna get an easy win, you probably get beat. If you go in there and complete, compete like you're going against Central Florida, going against Cincinnati, then you have an easy win. You know, I think Brady would throw for 300. I think uh, Drake would run for over 100. And I think um, you have over two receivers over 100 yards passing, like receiving like you did today. And I think that would be a good good breather for them going into that game in Stephen of Austin before they play Navy. Right. Um, we got Navy. Yeah, they got Navy and then Stephen of Austin. But, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, going, I mean, looking forward to the to the in, throughout the end of the season. Uh, you've got South Florida uh, this coming up weekend or next weekend. I'm sorry. Then you've got uh, at Navy. Then you come home play Stephen F. Austin. Then you go down to Tulane. Then you come home and play play Houston. Uh, I mean, I agree with you when you say we're going to win the next five. That would put us at what eight and three, uh, or I'm sorry, eight and two. Um, <laughs> Where I mean, where do you see that stacking us up as far as uh, possible bowl projection at the end of the year? Or is it a little too early to really play on that? Um, put it this way. It really depends on what the conference comes out because Central Florida beat Houston today to get them, them their uh, loss, and they're going to lose probably another game. So it's really going to be the tiebreaker because Memphis might be playing Cincinnati again for the championship game up here. So it's really too early to tell, but more than likely it's either going to be Memphis playing Cincinnati up here for the conference championship, or they're probably going to the Birmingham Bowl. Oh, okay. and, and we hate that bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but they love us because, one, we, we sell tickets, and, two, they love the, the TV number they get when Memphis plays down there. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad drive at all from Memphis. Uh, right. It, it's And, I mean – Memphis fans do hate it though. They hate that ball. For the But if we, but here's here's another thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Let me ask you a question, Terry, and I, I already know the answer to this question. How many bowl games did Mike Norvell win? Mike Norvell did not win a bowl game. Right. So I mean, you know, 
everybody wants to talk about how great he was. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he was a great, but where is – I mean, when I think of a great coach, I think of somebody who wins that big game being your bowl games. I, I exactly. mean, and I think that's another reason that Memphis fans hate the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, you know, we got beat by Auburn. We shouldn't have got beat. Um, right. And then you turn around and you get beat by Wake Forest. We got drummed by Wake Forest down there. And that Memphis team should not have lost to Wake Forest like that. So exactly. I think there's I think there's also sour taste in their mouths. <clears throat> um, and very, you know, rightfully so. But I think Ryan Silverfield understands he's got to win these games. He's got to win the big games, the bowl games. The Central Floridas, uh, you know, uh, just a few weeks back. Uh, but this Cincinnati game, I think, is a humbling game for Memphis. Uh, I think it's a humbling game for that coaching staff at the same time. Uh, and like importantly, I think it's a humbling game for us fans. I mean, if you look at social media, uh, the, the fans were going berserk. Everybody wants Mike McIntyre fired. John, I know we've talked about it plenty of times now. Uh, I think you got to kind of pull the reins back a little bit and let's give this guy a chance to really uh, coach this team and really get his system in there how it truly should be. And I agree with you. you know, yeah, absolutely. A you great know, like defense is not co- built yeah. in a year. What, Terry? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead John. I was, was going to say, essentially, when, you know, like I've talked about numerous times, we got so many players on defense that are brand new with Owens. Uh, oh, gosh. Broussard playing, like, a different position kind of as well in a different corner role. Yeah. Um, Tim Hart, you know, he optioned out. Pretty much one of our leaders, Tim Hart, optioned out. You know, me personally, it's just been a crazy year in general regarding college football, anywhere from – Memphis to Southern Miss to whoever, you know. Right. But you got too many leaders that you thought that would step up pretty big this year, optioned out. And it does take a haul on your players because they were so close to those players. So it's definitely going to still take time to get adjusted to a whole new scenes on defense and offense, in my opinion. But I just – I just – I'm kind of speechless because – of the outcome today. I did not expect us to only score 10 points and Cincinnati scored 49, you know? And another one you missed too on defense is big John Tate, uh, who went out in the, in, before right. the season he started. You know, that's another big uh, stopper that kept you up front. <laughs> I, forgot yeah, I forgot about him. I looked at totally him. Yeah. Didn't he like tear his ACL or something? Yes, he did. That's, and that's why he's out this year, and he'll be back next year. All right. Yeah. So I mean, when you when you when we talk about South Florida next week, if you're obviously if you're Ryan Silverfield, you're getting in the film room this week. You're you're probably chewing some butts. I get all that, but uh, how do you uh, how do you get ready for Central for South Florida next week, and how do you make sure that you don't have a repeat of what happened today at Cincinnati? Are you there, Terry? He might have hit a dead spot. Playing the best yeah, team, one of the best defenses in the country. Your team, the offensive line and the defense line. Did you hear me? 
Uh, I can now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, basically what you do is you hit uh, make sure your offensive line and defensive line win their battles on their, on every trip. Once you hit that battle, you should be good. If you win those battles up front, you you have a good uh, have a good week. Well, Terry, uh, John, do you have yeah. anything else for Terry? Go ahead. Well, now Terry, I was asking about to ask you. Do you got any questions for me or Wes or anything? Or uh, no, what, what I can. Fans? What, yeah, tell me more about what you guys are doing and, and what did this show, what's the purpose of this show? You know, for, the, for, for, the, for someone who hadn't never seen it before, if an alien came off from Ethiopia, Mars, or something like that, if somebody <laughs> said, what is this show about and what, what, does, what does it do? Well, I'll tell you my answer first, but uh, me personally, like I said, I've known Wes since third grade, and we kind of, you know, we don't live in the same state no more, so it's kind of hard. We grew up watching Memphis football together, basically. From seventh or eighth grade, we decided, we didn't know, like, we told fans this in the past as well, but me and Wes used to go, like, on road trips, but we did not know that we were going on road trips. Like, we would skip school on a Friday to go to, like, the, to the Superdome down in Tulane in New Orleans, you know, just to get away for the weekend and watch Memphis football. Like, when we were, like, eighth grade or seventh grade, and our parents would take us out of school and act like we were sick, you know. But uh, to me personally, you know, it's just one of our childhood memories. Just want to talk like we love sports. We grew up playing the NBA 2Ks, the MLB the shows, the NCAA footballs uh, on PlayStation. You know, we basically played against each other. And me personally, you know, me and Wes just love college football in general. I'm not going to lie. I like college football a little bit more than NFL right now, you know. Yeah. But uh, – <laughs> It's just, it's just the me personally with me covering high school sports like you know Terry, to me it's always all been about the kids in general in high school, and it's good to see these college football like, for example, remember Kenneth Walker that played at Arlington? He's at Wake Forest now. Some yes. of these kids don't even get the opportunity right now to play college football, or even be a walk on or even being on scholarship. To me personally, I've always liked college football from growing up watching college football back in the eighties and nineties when I was little. So now in 2011 in the 30s. And me watching my cousin back in the 90s when he played under Rip Shear, I kind of – that's how I kind of grew up watching Memphis football back in the 90s because my cousin played at Memphis. And me personally, college football, that's one reason I like doing the show with Wes because we love just college football and talking about college football ever since the 90s and 80s and 2000s because we like college football and we like just doing our picks it's like a college game day for us, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because right. we're not no Lee Corso or Kirk Herbstreit or David Pollock or Desmond Howard. Not yet. But, you know, we're pretty much just trying to, you know, just have fun with it. It's all about the kids that are playing college football right now. It's all about the fun, just talking about them in general. That's how I get it. Yeah, just to, just to piggyback off what uh, John just said, uh, you know, like I said, as he said, known the guy since third grade. Uh, man, just lifelong friend, Tiger fans, friends, uh, football fans. Um, John and I just have this type of chemistry. I don't know what it is. We've, we've always kind of had it when it's came to sports. Uh, we kind of think the same way, but in, there's there's sometimes we don't, and that's what makes us good friends. And, and I think that's what makes this show a lot of fun for me and John. Basically, this show is just something for the fans. You know, we we do picks every week. Uh, if the fans want to send their picks in, they're more than welcome to. Uh, we John keeps a tally of who everybody 
how many everybody's got. Everybody's won, you know. Um, but it's just fun. We have different guests on the show uh, week in, week out. Uh, we try to do a little bit of college football, a little bit of NFL football. Uh, but at the same time, uh, once basketball season cranks up, uh, we'll be doing a uh, basketball version of the show too. Um, so, um, you know, just kind of just having fun, man. Really, it's just it's something that John and I both work full time jobs, and this is really a full time job on top of it. We're just not getting paid for it. But uh, also, so you Tay, guys, Tay, I was going to say ahead. also one more thing, real quick. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard right now, especially at Memphis. You know, to reach out to some of these players. You know, by the SID with the budget cuts all around the country right now as well, trying to get some current players on as well to talk about the, the university as well. And it's good to reach out to former players like what we did last Sunday. I don't know if you listened to it or not yet, but we had a Joey Caught It episode edition. Yeah, so yeah I saw had, that. Yeah, Joey on that. Yeah. So we ended up also having Kadarian Jones as a surprise as well. And it's good okay. to reach out to former players at Memphis as an alums you know, to say, hey, what can you tell us about the program as your point of view as an alum and also as a former player? I mean, as a former player and uh, as a fan now, basically, being a Memphis fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the, yeah, because Austin Hall, he was he's at the game every week, and he sits in the same spot every week, you know, and it's good for to have the former players there because they give you some insight, especially ones who just left that you never would have known. Because, like, when Braden White first came here, Memphis had a really bad year. That was Norvell's first year. And I think that was Nor- yeah, it was Norvell's first year. And there was a quarterback controversy. And that team never recovered from that, from, from there. So, because Norvell waited, you know, he, and that lo- locker room was split. I think uh, they only won, like, eight games that year. They went to the championship game, but it was, it was a bad, you know, it was a bad year. You know, you know, for our standards, especially coming from Fuente, the way he ended up off. So it's amazing. So how long you guys been doing this show? This is the first week of the season. We basically the before, yeah. like August. Yeah. What's it say? Maybe the middle of August. I think it was West when we you did our uh, SEC fun previews. I don't know, man. Well, let's see. I mean, we've had the page since. Hang on, Terry. I can actually tell you. I'm on <laughs> Facebook or my page now or our page. Sorry. Uh, let's see. We started on September something, and we're up over 200 fans already, something like that. Um, I mean, we're just having fun with it. Yeah, we started week one of college football. And, I mean, okay. it was, honestly, it was like I texted John and was like, dude, let's just you want to do a college football show Saturday morning? And he was like, yeah, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, man, let's just pick some games and pick, you know, pick against the spread and talk about Memphis and da-da-da-da-da. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And that's literally how it started. And we're just having fun with it, growing with it. Uh, we had Russell Copeland on a while back talking NFL football with him. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just really getting out uh, basically word of mouth. John and I are having a blast. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm now living in Crossett, Arkansas. It's a, a very southeast corner of the state, uh, right by the blue. Oh, I know where it is. I know where it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You say you do know where Crossing Arkansas is? Hey, um, uh, what is it? 
biggest thing you guys learned since day one. You're breaking up really bad, Terry. Say that one more. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, because I've been all over. I've been all over the state, man. Monticello and all that other places. Yeah. Man, it just, yeah. I just been all over there. Yeah. Okay. What's the biggest thing you guys learned since day one? Since day one of uh, COVID or day one of COVID? No, oh, day or? one of, hey, of doing the doing the the the, doing oh. the, the, the talk. Really go ahead, John. You no, you can, you uh, go ahead first. Oh, okay, okay. Now it's me. Uh, um, man, uh, I would say for me anyway, uh, just I mean, just how much preparation it really does put in. Um, and this is funny yep. that we can John and I can talk about this live. That's that's actually really funny. Um, man, just 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 the preparation that it puts in. I mean, just to give you a little insight into myself. Uh, I work a full-time job with dispatcher for a trucking company uh, out in Hamburg, Arkansas. Um, so, you know, I work a full 40 plus hour job. Um, so, you know, thinking about it during the week while at work, working on it a little bit here and there, you know, when I get home working on it, you know, as well as being a husband. Um, so, you know, just how much time and energy and effort it puts in, but at the same time, uh, just seeing Joey Magnifico and Kadarian Jones's uh, reaction last week when they didn't know Joey had no idea Kadarian was going to be on the show and then watching them react and then being on our little goofy college football show we do, man, it just, it just made it all really worth uh, all the time and energy that it really does uh, take to put on the show every week. Okay. Yeah. Cause I you could, know, yeah, I could agree to that because you know, life is short. You never know. You got to take one day at a time. Yeah. And it's just, it's all about fun. And it, like, I, I mean, for example, Terry, I work overnight still. So basically, whenever Friday night and Saturday morning, I don't even go to sleep at all. I just look at a little bit of film or I basically just look at a little bit of stats. And I'm like, okay, well, Wes, let's get the monster drinks ready <laughs> and coffee. Yeah. And, you know, let's get it started. Yeah. And, uh, Wear crazy outfits like West did today, wearing a hot dog outfit, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, to me, I mean, just to piggyback off what John just said again, that that's me. I mean, I, if you can't laugh or have fun, you, you, then you're not doing something right. And, I mean, at the end of the day, John and I are a blast. We, we have a good time. This show is so much fun for us to put on every week. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really glad you asked that question because now, I mean, the fans that are watching or will watch this video, they can really see John and I's reaction. Uh, we really do it really do love putting the show on every week. Um, it's fun. It's challenging at the same time because uh, you want to come up, you know, you're constantly trying to uh, expand and come up with different ideas and different ways to uh, get the word out. Um, but it's also fun to interview guys like yourself uh, and, and get some insight into not only – the Memphis program, but uh, college football as a whole. Um, I mean, as a lover of college football, um, and I watch it on a very broad spectrum, um, you know, it's very nice to be able to interview somebody that, that has a niche for a certain team or a certain uh, conference, for example, uh, and kind of get, get to pick their brain a little bit. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Well, man, it's been my pleasure, man, talking to you guys for this last – how long we've been on this phone. It's been, it's been a pleasure, man. 
Let me ask you this, Terry. I've asked Terry. I've asked a lot of people, you know, this, that we talked to that are Memphis fans or just Memphis alumni or anything like that as well. Who do you want? I know the future non-conference schedules, you know, are basically not officially set because of some schedule changing might be happening and whatnot. Are you a fan of the still the Arkansas States, the Middle Tennessee's, and then um, North Texas on the schedule? And then I know we got the Arkansas and Mississippi State and Ole Miss in the future as well, and Missouri and all them back on the schedule. Who do you want, basically, as a Memphis uh, rider, would you like to come to Memphis for a two-for-one or just Memphis to travel to there, for example? Who would you like to see Memphis on the schedule with? I really wish that we could put Ole Miss and Tennessee back on the roster for, for whatever reason because, one, I like going down to Ole Miss, and, two, they like coming here. But I wish that game could still be played. And we hadn't been to Tennessee in forever, man. And they don't want to go there because they're down and they don't want to go, don't want to get beat by Memphis because, you know, when Memphis beat them when they were number six uh, in 1996, which is Memphis' last top ten win over an opponent, you know, they, they, they really swear that they would never play Memphis again. But they, they had the contract out there because they really don't want to play Memphis. And that those are two teams I think Memphis really need and deserve to play on a regular basis. I mean, do you have, like, a also a favorite Memphis memory that you have basically other than the AAC championship that you have basically man, I, covered? I've, I've had so many, man. You know, I remember when we beat Eli Manning. I was at the game when they beat uh, Tennessee. You know, I was at the game when, you know, we won games that we shouldn't have won, like the USC game, you know, going out there beating them or going down to Alabama. You know, being a, a Tiger fan for so long, I just can't give you just one. You know, because when we beat Alabama, they was, like, shocked when we beat Alabama because they didn't expect us to beat us. Then when Memphis went after USC and beat USC at USC, they didn't expect that. You know, it's just so many different memories that come back, you know. And the, the game we lost when we played Louisville, I think D'Angelo was playing. That was a shootout on on probably a Thursday or Saturday night, man. That was a yeah. great game. It's yeah. just so many memories, man. It's just so many. Oh yeah, I mean you go back and look. I mean look at look at us walking into the swamp and defeating. I think at that time were they number oh, one. Right. Florida. I mean my stepdad's got got that on tape, and I've watched that game probably thirty times in my lifetime. I mean, and of course Emmett Smith actually got hurt in that game. Uh, so mm -hmm. Emmett Smith the whole game, but still, I mean, I believe Charlie Bailey was the coach at that time. Uh, I mean, if you go yeah. back and look at that that Memphis team. You know, on a national level at that time, that was a big, big deal for Memphis to walk in and beat Florida. Uh, but we still didn't quite get the national attention. But, yeah, if you go back right. and look at Memphis, I mean, there is there is some very impressive wins by Memphis State, University of Memphis. Um, exactly. And, and, and I expect that to continue. But at the same time, we've got some national respect now. Uh, you know, game day yes. coming to Memphis, us playing how we did, us playing the way we did in the, against Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, uh, those Memphis teams of, of, the, of the early 90s, like John and I talked about with uh, – John was talking about with uh, Rip Shear, uh, Chuck Stobart, uh, you know, all those guys. Um, the team now is not we're, – we're looked at a completely different way than we were then, and I'm very glad that we are. Right, because they, they now looked at it as a – uh, a little net. Now they looked at it with some respect because they've been to a, a, a New Year's uh, six 
the bowl game. They've beaten ranked teams. They've been ranked in the college playoff polls. And it's not just a one-year deal. They're they doing it on a consistent annual basis. And once you do that, no matter no matter if you rank 15 at the bottom of the poll, you're in the poll. You know, it's just, exactly. you know, they, you, they give you some respect. And that, that affords other teams above you to not want to play you. Right. So it's a, exactly. it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Terry. And I also, you, I also, ahead, think, I also think that you know, Larry Beach as our AD, we are going to yeah. probably get more maybe teams to play a two for one or like a home and home with because he has that SEC background in general as well. Um, you know, right. I want to ask you a question since you covered the basketball team as well. Uh, yeah, the what's the deal about Stokes, man? Have you heard anything? Put it this way. Good, do right? you really? Do we really care about Stokes? Tell the truth. Tell I mean, truth. I do in a way because he's on the it's roster so- right now, but, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, Stokes might – he's looking at he – he's probably in there in practice and seeing what he's going against and saying, I'm not going to play. And then you got Stokes coming in next year and the year after yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm not going to play, you know, because – he didn't play last year, and they were still one of the better defenders. Then you bring somebody like Musa in there, he's not going to play. He's, he might be okay. There's a reason that Florida didn't want him anymore, you know. You know, he was okay from when we were like little tier. But when you get like a Musa Cisse in there, a top 10 defender in the nation, and he's going to be a lottery pick next year, your yeah. playing time is going to be eliminated. So, you know, I want him on the team because he has experience. But, you know, if Malcolm is healthy and CJ is healthy, then Lance is healthy, I think they're going to be all right if he's on the roster or not. Lance Thomas is going to be a real weapon for that team this year, man. I really enjoyed what I saw uh, out of him last season. Um, right. Speaking of Stokes, I, I mean, why? What, what was the deal in Florida? I don't know. I just always, whenever a guy, whenever a team says, hey, you're good, you can go, that's a red yeah. flag to me every time. I just – I don't really – what exactly was the deal at Florida that led to him coming to Memphis? Basically, the, the players they were, they were bringing in, well, they needed his scholarship and they really wanted him to leave because they wanted his scholarship because the, the players they were playing in, bringing in, were playing at a higher level than he was. So right. that's why they didn't want him. And they wanted to potentially have a scholarship for a five-star when, when those five-stars came available because he didn't – live up to the expectation that he came out to be. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, is there uh, – I, I consider Memphis basketball to be a better program than Florida. So, uh, I mean, I, and I'm not questioning Penny when I ask this question, but why bring him in if we're a better program than Florida and they said bye? Because at the time he thought he would be able to play with James and then play, you know, but that changed. And then when Musa came in and then now you're – your, your stock is coming in because I was shocked that the, the guy from Virginia Tech got approved. No, you know, and yeah. the reason, yeah, well, Nala got approved, but and, and the only reason that uh, DeAndre hadn't got approved because Evansville hadn't answered the questions from the NCAA, so they should just approve them off of that because they they screwed up and they had a bad program and they don't want to answer the question. That's the only reason he hadn't been approved. That's right. Didn't that coach like get? Yeah, that coach got like, uh, like fired for like misconduct or something like that. Mm. Yeah, his, they, he got fired for sexual misconduct. <laughs> Williams and about five, six other players left the program. That program was in shambles, man. And, and you know, once he got fired, you know, after they beat Kentucky last year, they didn't win another game. 
that was it. It was all downhill from there. Now, was that uh, Walter McCarthy? Yes. Really? Yes. And what 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 all happened? Sexual misconduct. That's all we really yeah. know. Walter McCarthy, the guy that played for the Celtics back in the day with Antoine Walker and Rick Pitino was his coach, and that guy. Yeah, if not, if not mistaken, you're correct. Wow. Okay. Didn't know that. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Because, because because he had had he had had an incident earlier because this wasn't his first incident, so that's why they had to let him go. Oh. Oh, so he had already had his hand in the cookie jar once before, and they would see this. And the bottom line is, it was co-ed. Look it up, Wes. It's okay. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. You're a head coach of a basketball of a college. What do you? Why make that? Never mind. Never mind. That's all. Yeah. Yep. For a whole other day. Oh, Terry, <laughs> I got another question regarding our oh. conference in basketball real quick. Um, okay. Wichita State and Greg Marshall, I know a lot of people don't like talking about it because they don't know the whole story and everything. What is Wichita State doing not suspending them until the investigation is actually cleared? That's my problem with that. Because my thing is, it, it, one, he's on the contract. You know, they want to make sure that they, they nothing comes against them legally. You know, so if all this stuff is hearsay and within the rules, uh, it might not be, it might not look good, but as long as it's not illegal or nothing right. borderlines on that, you know, I think they want to do that because, you know, you can spend the guy with pay, but they're not playing anyway, and you still got a season to prepare for. So you don't want to hurt yourself, you know, if there's nothing out there and you should suspend him and he's not having contact with the team to develop the team. Right. Right. And I got one more basketball question for Memphis for what just came to mind. Have you heard anything at all? I know we're going to the South Dakota now instead of the Bahamas. Have you heard anything at all like who we are going to keep non-conference or for our schedule in non-conference? That should be coming out in the next week because uh, we only have five games we can play. And uh, the, the, the South Dakota only counts at one. So we only have six games we have. I think we're trying to play either Auburn or Tennessee. And once we get that done, then they'll fill some guys, some teams up to play at the FedEx Forum. Because they still got to play a certain number of games at the FedEx Forum. So the the schedule will probably be out the latest early next week, at the very latest. Oh, I mean, not early next week, week after next. First first week in the uh, second, second week in November. I mean, do you see the Tennessee game maybe pushed back officially, though, another year? Um, it's, it it's really, really depends on the money. If the TV money can come in and overmatch the, 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 the money for the, the, for the ticket sales, you know, I think it might be pushed back a year. But it just all depends on what the ESPN wants to do. I mean, the reason I'm asking that game is on Nashville. Right. Right. It's on a neutral site. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so basically, I think what what the deal is, I think when they're on the news side, they all just split revenues and go from there. I would like to see us play Auburn more than I would Tennessee personally. Um, I, I know that's not a popular opinion amongst Tennessee fans, but here's my opinion when it comes to UT. If the Sorry, I almost said something. If they won't play us in football, don't play them in basketball. 
Right. That's just my opinion. And I could be I could be wrong, and I'm sure a lot not everybody's gonna agree with that. But if they don't have the respect to play us in football, then we shouldn't have to the respect to play them in basketball or any other sport for that matter, unless it's a tournament situation or bowl game. And I would love to beat their ass in a bowl game. And I'm not even sure Auburn will be on the schedule down in Atlanta. That's fine. I I, I like playing Auburn. Uh, Bruce Pearl, I mean, uh, you know, Memphis fans don't don't like him. But uh, that Auburn team's a good basketball team. Yes, they are. And they go to tournaments and go deep in tournaments, unlike Tennessee. Right, exactly. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to look better on our uh, resume going into the NCAA tournament than a Tennessee win, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with you 100%. When does the uh, – when does, when does Tiger basketball officially tip off? Uh, November 25th against Ohio State in the crossover classic in South Dakota. Okay. Okay. Uh, Can I ask you a women's basketball question, Terry? Really, okay, go ahead. John, a women's basketball question? We're really going to talk about Melissa McFerrin right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is the year that she – okay, is this going to be like a year that she passes because it's COVID-related or – No, it's going to be the year she loses her job. She she, she should have lost it three years ago. I'm sorry, Terry. Go ahead. <laughs> you know That's my uh, point, okay? If, you, if you're not a fan of Melissa, you might be in, in trouble because she might have her best team on paper this year than she had ever because she has a couple of people, Madison Griggs and Shoops, that are studs, and then once the young lady from Arlington developed, and they got a class coming in, if they jail the way they should jail, because they won some games last year they shouldn't have won, and they might actually, you know, put a, tur- a run in for the, uh, the tournament. You know, they might not win the tournament, but they're going to scare a lot of people, which they did last year too. But I think they may actually go and beat some people this year. The question I was having, though, though, if Melissa does get let go, per se, this year, who's the people that you would probably want to go after that would maybe want to come to Memphis and be the head coach? Me, personally, I'm a big fan of Kevin McMillan. I've always been a fan of Kevin McMillan since he was at Millington High School, and now he's at UT Martin doing pretty well there. I've always been a fan of his. I would go after him. My thing is, I don't care who they bring – but they need to do what they do for the men's basketball program. They need to put resources behind the program for it to succeed. You know, you can bring in uh, Wooden, but if you don't put resources behind Wooden, you're not going to win. So I just hope they put the resources behind the person for that person to win. I agree. I agree. Um, Terry, thank you very much for being on the show today, man. This show's ran for just about an hour now. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we haven't uh, interrupted your, your drive back. Oh, no, man. You good, um, man. I'm good. From uh, Cincinnati. But thank you very, uh, very much for let, allowing John and I to kind of pick your brain today about the Tigers. Uh, and we hope to get you back on the show uh, in, the, in the near future as well. Anytime, man. Just let me know what you need me. If you just want me to come on for a segment, I can do a segment. It, it doesn't even matter. Just let me know. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. John, you got, every, you got, you got anything else or you good, buddy? Appreciate it again, Terry, and uh, have a safe trip and uh, enjoy Nashville tonight. All right, I'll be, I'll be nice. I'll go and, and watch and play with some photos I got to edit and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, you guys be good.
All right. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, there's some good uh, college football games on today. Check them out. Thanks, guys.